recorded live. Church, 
Kinston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. Amen, amen. God bless the children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. We want to be where he is, clothed in righteousness for all eternity, no more weeping, no more crying, no more pain. What a beautiful time and place that will be, children of God. We are still having to experience some trials, tribulations, tests while in these earthly bodies, but we thank God that he has bodies prepared for us. He has a place prepared for us. He has eternity prepared for us. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, don't get weak and weary in well-doing, for you will reap in due season if you faint not. We bless God one more time. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are about to conclude our most recent topic entitled, Who's in You? We thank God for the revelation, the insight, the understanding that there are various things at work inside of us, sometimes various entities, various beings, you know, we look back now, the flesh is still at work in us. Romans 8 and 9, 1 Corinthians 15, 50, we look at sometimes how Satan and or demons can get inside of us. Not that they are able to live in us. Just as Satan and demons are no longer allowed to live in the third heaven or the presence of God, but we see in the book of Job how that they are able to come in and out. You know, much like sometimes children that have moved out of the house. Well, they don't live in the house anymore, but they can still come by from time to time. Well, that's what the adversary and demons do. And God wants us to shut that door on these particular spirits. Matthew 16, 23, 1 Samuel 21 and 1. We look at capital C hurts. We want to be careful because if we are not careful, we can be doing things based on hurts and pains rather than according to obedience to the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, 1 Chronicles 22 and 14. Capital D, we looked at the kingdom of God. 
We want to make sure that uh, if you don't do anything else in this life, if you don't become class president, you don't make a million dollars, you don't graduate from college, I encourage you, make sure that you get the kingdom of God down inside of you. It's a terrible tragedy to leave this life without the kingdom of God inside of you. Luke 17, 21, Matthew 12 and 28, and the kingdom of God leads to capital E, which is the love of God. The kingdom of God leads to the love of God. We looked at earlier today, John chapter 5, verse 42, and it brings us on down to Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Luke chapter 11, verse 42, from the New International Version. Jesus said to the Pharisees, once again, woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and other kinds of garden herbs. Bible says, Jesus said, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Capital E, the love of God. Let us pray. Father, in your precious name, the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father. We bless your name. We praise you. We reverence you. Pray, Father, for your unction, your utterance this evening as we search your holy scriptures. Open our minds and our hearts that we may understand that which is hidden from the wise and learned. But you promised to reveal it to us, your little children. Thank you in advance, Father, trusting that you're going to speak a word to your people as they are tuning in and listening in various seasons and various countries and various states and various nations. Speak, Father, for your servants, your children are here to hear words from on high. Let your name be glorified in our midst. Let your name gain all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we count these things done. Amen and amen. As we look at Luke chapter 11, verses 37 on down through 52, Jesus went to dinner at a Pharisee's house, as he so often would. Jesus will come and eat with you, sit down, recline at your table, eat your food, drink your wine or whatever the drink may be, and then commence to blasting you for your sin. Jesus was something else. Some of us have got the wrong picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, come to your house, eat your, recline at your table. It's customary for individuals to sit like down on the floor, stretched out, legs all stretched all out. Jesus would recline. You have the servants bring in the food, bring in the wine. Jesus will eat real, real good and then blast you right in front of all your guests, your wife, your children, and whoever else cared to be there. Jesus was something else. Well, this particular time, Jesus was invited to a Pharisee's house, and he went in. The Bible says in verse 37, he reclined at the table. 
But the Bible says the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. Now, this don't mean that Jesus was just nasty. You know, ain't like Jesus had been, like, picking in his nose, scratching up on his arm, and then just going to sit down and eat. What the, the, the washing that the Pharisee was uh, indignant or upset about was the ceremonial washing that the Pharisees would go through. They went through a big to-do just to wash their hands. Oh, my gosh. The, the ceremonial washing of the Pharisees was a spectacle in and of itself. Oh, it could take some serious time. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with the day? Don't make a spectacle out of something that God has not made a spectacle out of. What? God has not made a spectacle out of preaching. God has not made a spectacle out of teaching. God has not made a spectacle out of, of giving. God, God, don't make a spectacle out of things. That's Pharisee. I told you all a long time ago, the spirit of Pharisee is alive and well. They had made a pure spectacle out of washing their hands to sit down and eat. Jesus said, I will have none of it. Let me just wash my hands, pour some water on my hands. Let me wash them up. Let me eat. Man, the Pharisees was like, what about, you know, the ceremonial washing that was passed down to us from our forefathers? Jesus said, look, I ain't got time. What? For all of that nonsense. One of the things said, my food will be cold messing around with you characters. I'm hungry. Let me wash my hands. In other words, just get it done. The way God said get it done. We don't need to add to it. We need to take away from it. Because if you, just like the Pharisees, now they had, a, they had a habit of doing this. Their ceremonial washing was reflective of their character. Let's get that down. Their ceremonial washing was reflecting of their supposed relationship with God. Now, what was the ceremonial washing? It was a whole bunch of stuff that didn't need to be done. Well, that was how they rolled because they wore long flowing robes that didn't have to be worn. They wore phylacteries, which was a piece of string holding a box on your forehead with four passages of scripture that didn't have to be worn. They wore uh, 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 tassels on their garments very wide that didn't have to be worn. See, see a lot of us today doing a whole lot of stuff. But God ain't said, do that. Keep it to the basics. Keep it to what God is asking you to do. So the Pharisee, they, they, so when you got individuals, you know, just like some of you all out there that, 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 are, that are trained in the pharisaical school of, of preaching. Now, you're going to have a problem with me preaching in these, uh, in these, in these shorts or in a polo shirt because you've been brought up believing that you got to have on a what? A uh, three-piece suit. You believing that you got to have on a uh, clergy collar. You believing that you got to have a big old cross around your neck. Show me the book, chapter, and verse for that right there, and I'll get one on faster than you. Now, does this mean that it's evil to, to do these? No, but don't let, don't let what God gives you the freedom to do to become a bondage to you. Don't let what God, God give us freedom. We can wear, we can wear, you know, as long as it's modest, as long as it's appropriate, we can wear most anything. God said, look, faith don't come by what you got on. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you won't go to church because you feel like you ain't got no clothes to wear. And you ain't naked when you say that. Feeling like there's some, some type of special attire you got to wear when you go to church. Look, faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. The most important thing is that you are hearing the word of God, that you are letting it get down into your heart and into your mind and bring about the changes that God wants to bring about in your life. Important thing at a meal is not how we wash our hands or how long it takes for us to wash our hands. Important thing is get this food down in our belly. Huh? So, so just like the Pharisees, they had gotten off of what was important and had gotten into a whole lot of nonsense. A lot of, a lot of us are doing it right today. A lot of us are doing it right today. And got off what's important. We're going to churches now because we like the choir. We're going to churches now because we like the attendance. We're going to churches now because we like the building or we like how, how the choir looked in their new robes. Ah, the word. Give me a place where the word, where some sound doctrine. I wouldn't, if it's some sound doctrine wouldn't, it would be in priest. I wouldn't care if it was in a cave because that's how many of the early saints used to worship. If it's some sound doctrine being preached and taught, I wouldn't care if it was somebody's house because that's how the early saints used to worship. You got churches that were built underground because, you know, there was a lot of persecution. There was a time when you mess around and get to preaching the gospel and get all in there. You could die. You got churches and different things and in, in, in different places around the world that were built underground. Some of them are still standing. Built underground. So the main thing is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My thing has always been as an athlete, as a teacher, as a coach, what is the main thing here? That's what we need to be focusing in on. And let the nonsense remain nonsense. Let's keep the nonsense to a minimum so we can get busy with what's important. Let me say that again. Let's keep the nonsense to a minimum so we can get busy and stay busy with what is important. Now, let me make sure, children of God, that I'm still broadcasting. Okay, I think so. Pharisees were just the opposite. They had gotten themselves off of what is important. And that's what you're going to see Jesus rebuking them for. See, and that, understand that that is a trick of the devil. Remember I told you a couple of days ago, the devil liked to do what? Flip the script to flip. Script flip. <laughs> script to flip. Flip the script. Well, what is flipping the script? Get you focused in on nonsense so that you can leave what's important undone. This is why a lot of our young black kids are doing terrible in school. You worried about uh, how your ad Jordans look when you go to school instead of worrying about what your grade going to be in chemistry. You worried about whether uh, uh, Susie liked you, you know, rather than being concerned with your GPA. Keep your eyes focused in on what's important. Let the nonsense, let the nonsense be to a minimum. If we, you got a choice in your life. You got business on one side, you got nonsense on the other side. If the business side is up, guess what's going to happen to the nonsense side? It's going down. And if the nonsense side is up, guess what's going to happen to the business side? Mm-hmm. There, there's our problem right there. Many of us, especially African Americans. Too much time with nonsense. You know, I watched a thing on 30 for 30 today by one of the greatest high school and college running backs ever. Um, Marcus, not, what was his name? I can't remember the young man's name. Maybe the Lord don't want me to give his name. But this young man, first time he touched the ball in a, in a varsity football game in high school, he was in the eighth grade. They put him on the varsity. He was bigger than most of the, all the players on varsity. First time they kicked off to him, he got the ball, run, touchdown. His first touch in college, they gave him the ball. He playing at um, Oklahoma. What's his name? Great running back for Oklahoma back in uh, maybe the 70s, early 80s. No, not Archie Graham. 
First time, he got the ball. They gave it to him, running for a touchdown. First time in the NFL. First time, got the ball. And not the NFL because he played actually in a Canadian or the USL especially. But the point was, you know, he messed around in college because, you know, he was so great in high school. You know, everybody just kind of let him do what he wanted to do. When he got to college, Barry Switzer was the coach, and he was a disciplinarian. Barry, Barry Switzer was, was kind of getting on him a little bit, and he ended up basically quitting the team because here is somebody now that is bringing some discipline. Of course, he grew up without a father like, like so many of us did, so now here is male authority that is, that is requiring him to go um, further than he wants to go and, and to discipline him, and he, he couldn't take it. He ended up quitting the team. Who, this young man who could have been one of the greatest running backs the NFL has ever seen. He was one of the greatest high school players, broke, uh, broke all kind of records in, uh, in college and high school and different things, but ended up, you know, uh, getting his money basically stolen by a uh, supposedly friend and ended up nowhere having – was it Marcus Allen? I, I can't think of who it was. Ended up not having uh, anywhere near the professional career that, you know, a lot of people envisioned him as having. Why? You know, for all the strength, for all the athleticism, all the ability, the weakness was a lack of discipline, the inability to accept discipline. See? And see, that's why the reality is a lot of, of African-Americans have problems with the real church because the real church is God is the, in the real church, there's discipline. See, in the real church, you can be put out of it. Some of y'all don't even know that. You're so used to going to places where you can do everybody can do anything they want. Ain't nobody ever been put out. Don't you know in the real church, First uh, Corinthians chapter five verse eleven, there are six groups that are instructed to be put out of the church. The church is to be a place where discipline. One of the now should be in the home, but the church is a place where discipline should be learned. You got kids all in church, you know, and it really pains me a lot of times. I'm in Africa, children in the church, man, running all around, keeping a whole lot of noise. One of the first things I do when I'm in Africa, that's just a part of what goes on in a lot of African churches. The children be somewhere running all around, you trying to preach, children back there in the back playing, running around. First thing I do before I study, when they give me the mic, hey, let's get these children, sit them down. Adults, let's go, and get that in order. It needs to be taught. You find a people without a lot of discipline, you're not going to find people that are going to reach their God-ordained potential in anything. Because what you're going to have when you, when you lack discipline, lack of discipline is what causes the foolishness side to be up and the business side to be down. Proper discipline will have the business side, what? Up and the foolishness side down. That's what a lot of you don't like out there now. Discipline. You know, you don't want pastor in your business. Look, if I ain't in your business as your pastor, I am doing you absolutely no good. I'm supposed to be in your business. Your pastor, your apostle, your bishop, he is supposed to be in your business. How in the way, how, that's like going to a doctor. You don't mess around and hurt your foot. You go to the doctor, and you tell the doctor you don't want him to see your foot. You don't, you don't twist your ankle. You don't want the doctor to see your foot. You want to keep it hid, keep it covered up. Keep it covered up. Mm-mm. Can't see my foot. Talk to be like, how am I going to help you? How am I going to help you out there on the sound of my voice? You don't want me in your business. You, I, how exactly am I going to help you? 
Because just like a doctor has got to be able to get to the infected or the injured part in order to 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 help fix it, apostle or prophet or the bishop, or we got to get to the problems in your marriage. Because there's a root. Whatever problem going on in your marriage, there's a root to it. Whatever problem going on in your family, there's a root to it. Whatever problem going on in your church, there's a root to it. Yeah, you don't want the man of God to get to the root. You don't want the woman of God to get to the root. Then how in the world are we going to help you? You want to hide. You can't have, first of all, you can't hide nothing from God. That's number one. And you're not going to hide anything from God's people forever. Number two. Proper discipline will have the what? Foolishness side which way? Down. And the business side. You ain't got but two things out there. Business and foolishness. Ain't never been but two things. Business and foolishness. And a great friend of mine told me years ago, said, well, as a coach, this when I was coaching, said, if it, ain't, if it ain't business, you don't have to guess what it is. <laughs> it's foolishness. Absolutely want to get you get you into a lot of foolishness. The Bible says, then the Lord said to the Pharisee, verse 39, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup of dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. Here we go again. Script been flipped. Jesus said, you don't let the adversary get your attention on the what? Looking like you a pastor. Looking like you a bishop. What exactly does that mean? To look like a pastor. What, what does that mean? So you mean to tell me any time Dick and Harry can go down and buy him a, a, a suit, throw a cross around his neck, you know, put on some real, real shiny shoes and grab a briefcase, and he look like a, a, a preacher? Well, see, that let me know that, that you're focused on what a preacher is or what a pastor is is, is, is all wrong. You're focusing on the outside. Jesus said, look, y- y'all do a whole lot of stuff to make yourself look like. I shared with you all a long time ago, I'd rather be something than look like something. I'd rather be something than look like something or than just look like something. He said you, you, you clean the outside a cup of dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. you foolish people. Do not, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But give what is on the inside of the dish to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Well, why did Jesus tell them that? Because they were greedy. And because what they were into, same thing a whole lot of you jokers is into today, taking as much money as they possibly can from the people while they live just as lavishly as they possibly could. Same thing a lot of jokers. Ain't that God said, Robert, ain't nothing new under the sun. Same thing a lot of jokers doing today. This is what Jesus told him to give, give to the poor now. Why? Because you have taken from the poor. Why? Because you have cheated the poor. Why, why would Jesus tell him the first thing Jesus said, give what's inside the dish to the poor? Because he said, because you've been taking, that's who you've been taking from. Let me get this straight. You're going to jump in the bathtub now. You, 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 you're going to jump in the bathtub and wash everything other than your hind part? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You gonna hard days work. I mean, you've been working, and you gonna wash everything other than your hind part. I mean, come out, put on a fresh pair draw. Somebody, huh? <laughs> no, that's main thing. Let's get that straightened out. Jesus, look, let's get to the main. Let's get to the main gettings here. You've been taken from the poor. You've been robbing widows' houses, Pharisees. He said that in another place. 
You've been robbing the poor and the needy. Give back all this you've been taking from people. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give a God a tenth. Watch this now. Of your mint, rue, and other kind of garden herbs. Didn't say anything about money. Didn't say anything about money. Why? Because giving a tenth of money was never commanded anywhere in the Bible. Not to say that God can't instruct you as a, as a unique instruction to give a tenth. God can instruct you to give a twentieth to the church. He can instruct you to give all. I've seen saints that God has instructed to give all. And watch God bless like I ain't, I ain't never seen people blessed before. But they gave a tenth of garden herbs, mint, dill, cumin. It was garden herbs. It was what their fields produced. Because what the instruction on the tithe was to give a tenth of what your flocks, your herds, and your fields produced. Not money. Jesus ain't saying nothing about money here. Yeah, but Malachi said he won't talk about money either. Study your Bible and stop just being uh, silly. Jesus said you give a tenth. You mint, rue, and other kind of garner, but you've neglected justice and the love of God. Jesus said here we are again with a flip script. Sacrifices to God are meaningless without the love of God. Sacrifices. God, it don't matter. You give all your little money to the church. If you don't get the love of God in your heart, you'll still bust hell wide open. Love of God. Love of God. Love of God. Let the love of God spring forth. Let the love of God be the seed in your, in your life and in your heart from which everything else, what? Grows. Love of God. Why do we give to the poor? Love of God. Why do we give to the church? Love of God. Why do we preach his word and teach his word? Love of God. Why do we praise him? Why do we worship him? Love of God. Love of God. Love of God. Jesus said you should have practiced the latter, which means you should have practiced justice and the love of God without leaving the former undone. Jesus said, look, I ain't telling you not to tithe. But you got to love first. Jesus said, I ain't telling you nothing. Now, remember, Jesus was born under the law, lived under the law, died under the law, rose again from the dead under the law, ascended back to heaven under the law, sent the Holy Spirit. That's when the church age began. This was under the law. Jesus was still talking. Jesus said, look, tithing is still in effect. Tithing on, on what your flocks, herds, and fields produce. Jesus said, you're still supposed to be practicing that. But if you're practicing that without the love of God, then it's moot. It's meaningless. Justice, the love of God. And then keep the commandments of God. Because trying to keep the commandments of God without the love of God, you're going to find that very, very frustrating. We don't, we don't try to keep the commands and the instructions of God just because if we don't, God going to get us. We know God will get us if we don't, but we do it because we love him. And when you love somebody, you ain't trying to do things that just hurt them. You, when you love somebody, you're trying to do things that's going to help them. You try to do things that's going to please them. A good son, a good daughter, they're going to try to do the things that's pleasing to daddy, pleasing to mama. That's more than a mark. Good son, good daughter. You're trying to do everything possible you can to, to upset daddy. You ain't a good son. You ain't a good daughter. You're trying to do everything possible. Mama tell you sit down, you stand up. Mama tell you eat, you close your mouth. Mama tell you go to sleep, you wake up. Mama tell you just put the light off, you turn the light off. Hey, you're not a good son. You're not a good daughter. Love of God, children of God. Let that be our...
focal point. Let that be our motivator. In doing so, God will be pleased and you will be blessed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Father, for the strength to be able to proclaim your word to your people. We pray, Father, that you were pleased with the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, that they have been acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God, my strength and my redeemer. We pray, Father, that we will be motivated even more by your love, by your compassion, your grace, your spirit, that we may be examples of you in these last and evil days. Father, we ask that you do these things for us, and we'll be careful to give your name all glory, honor, and praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Number one, what should be the motivation of all that we do? What should be the motivation of all that we do? Number two, Explain what Jesus would often do inside people's house. Explain what Jesus would often do inside people's house. Number three, explain what the Pharisees did. And many people today are doing. Explain what the Pharisees did. And many people today are doing. God bless you, saints, and may heaven continue to smile on each of you. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristconcernedchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Chris Concerned Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.